Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where the Ravens, I think, stunned the whole NFL with a 34-6 victory over the Chargers. This game was always in hand by the Ravens, and uh, they got up to a quick two-touchdown lead, and they never let up on the lead. As a bold prediction recap, Peter, you nailed it with Freeman nudging out Lamar (laughs) with two extra yards as RB1. There was less than 400 yards of offense, let alone 400 yards of passing offense so i very much took the l on my bold prediction and chris oh you were so close with the marlowe turnover but it did not work out that way i am very humored that we put up 34 points without 400 yards of uh um offense i guess that's because we got a lot of turnovers that we'll discuss and really good special teams work so we had short fields and we're able to capitalize I think the other thing too is that uh, Brandon Staley, who has been known for uh, taking risks and going forward on fourth down, had a few questionable calls, especially near the end, where uh, you know going for fourth and I don't remember fourth and three, fourth and four when he was at his twenty yard line. So yeah, I mean excellent field position after being gifted from that. But it's kind of the the downside of some of the analytics. You know, it's like you make those risks and and uh, sometimes it can go out to bite you. I feel like what's interesting about the analytics there was that. They made sense to go for it because the win percentage was so incredibly low, no matter what they did. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Right. Like, it was kind of funny. Like, it's like, you, you guys are probably going to lose either way, so you might as well just risk it for the biscuit, uh, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, they just like dug their grave even deeper with that. Yeah, I, I really think at that point, the Chargers knew they weren't coming back in that game. Um, it was funny to hear Harbaugh on the on the presser post game where he was just like, I didn't think the game was... I didn't know we won the game till there was like eight seconds to go till a two minute warning. We've been in so many close ones this year. I, th- I thought they could definitely come back, but I mean, yeah, I, I didn't see the game live till, till uh, the second half. And you know, when I was able to, to watch it, I, I saw that first drive that the Ravens did post half. I was like, yeah, it's over. They got this game. It, it was incredible how much the chargers, just were unprepared for this game and I have to publicly apologize to the fan base because man <laughs> I didn't ha- I didn't believe that the Ravens could could uh beat this team I thought Austin Eckler was going was the exact type of player that could give this defense fits and nightmares and Austin Eckler was a non-factor at all like as much of a non-factor as Derrick Henry was in that wild card game last year against the Ravens defense and Man, the Ravens, they have had a patchwork group, some big injuries to overcome in this first part of the season, but they are sitting right now at 5-1 and one with a commanding victory here at the top of the AFC right now, which there's still a lot of the season to go. But considering how many injuries, they'd probably be 6-0 and oh if Dobbins and Gus were here. <laughs> oh, for sure, right? Oh, for sure. Just pick one of them. They're 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 six yeah, and zero. Just one. <laughs> you get uh you get Peters back. I think that's a huge swing as well. And I think we just need to talk about this defense because they were the ones who surprised the most. We knew the offense could score points. We knew that it'd be a shootout, quote unquote. And we did all our points, and they they left their points back in. I wanted to say San Diego, but I guess uh, Los Angeles. Uh, so nevertheless, unbelievable d- defensive performance. And let's just talk about it, man. Twenty nineteen vibes. Queen got hurt early. He only played 19 snaps in the whole game. He did come back eventually, but he got hurt and they let Bynes come in and he just like played excellently. A really solid game from Bynes. The way that he processes and is able to just be in the right place and execute is 
definitely appreciate it. And I thought it was a great example for the young guys of just like, hey, like you don't have to play super duper fast. Like just keep everything in front of you. Like take good angles and and contribute to your role. Because um, we know he's the, probably the least gifted of the three at this point in his career, but he has that v- savvy veteranness uh, that just can overcome. Um, and he played awesome. Oh, just excellent football IQ for for Bynes. I mean, you could just see a difference on on the defense. There was a, a lot of times I saw communication. Bynes was pointing out stuff. He was, you know, Elliot would come up and and he would, you know, point something out to him. It just it's what they were missing. I mean, Queen played better last year in the games where he had LJ Fort there on the strong side and Queen was on the weak side. Just having that veteran presence there as the guy continues to learn the position is huge for him and. For the plays Queen was in there, I think, I think he saw some improvement there too. He he tackled better, seemed out of position less. Definitely wasn't a perfect game from him, but I think he saw some improvement there. And just having that veteran presence back there and a guy like Bynes who's been around for a while, that was big for him. And you know, we'll we'll see. I, I think that Bynes is going to be in there for the foreseeable future with how well things worked out on Sunday. Yeah, I was just watching them a little bit more just before this podcast and. I definitely agree with that. I, I think with Queen Man, it's it's all mental. I, I think it's whatever happened this day of just you know not having to take on the extra responsibility of being the mic, but just having Bynes there. I mean, yeah, he was a lot more confident. I think PFF even ranked him as the highest graded defender for this game, which honestly on review, I could kind of see it. Yeah, I mean, he just looked a little bit more decisive. He was able to get back into his drops. I know one play in particular – I think it was that Deshaun Elliott interception, actually. Great play by Deshaun, but the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that Queen was able to get back into that passing lane, and I'm, at least from what I saw, it seemed to affect kind of Herbert's ability to throw that ball, and then, you know, Elliott was able to cut underneath of it and, and get the interception. So, yeah, he, he looked a lot better. Uh, I'm r- really happy with that. I mean, we're just going to have to see what his injury is. I don't think we've gotten an update from Harbaugh yet, but... I uh, hope he can bounce back healthy and and continue to kind of build on this game because yeah this is a great step in in uh, in the young man's career and I, I hope uh, he continues to build on it. I'm wondering if we'll see him pop up on the injury report because like he did come back into the game and they took him out and I think the reason why was we were up by a lot and at the point it's like don't aggravate something that was my hunch of why he he came out similar with Bozeman although like. I didn't. I didn't rewatch to see if he actually did come in. I remember Raven Twitter's like he came back in, and then uh, and then, but we never actually really saw him. So I don't know um, what exactly happened there. In fact, actually, I don't know if you guys noticed this. I looked at the snap count, and uh, Zeitler came out for a couple snaps at the end, and they put Phillips in. So I, I think like you know they were just taking a couple some guys out near the end uh, when they did their their substitutions. So yeah, definitely interested to see if Queen is. On the injury report, I imagine he'll be able to play next week against the Bengals. I'm really just curious in what capacity. If this was was a game to like invite the opportunity for Bynes to take more snaps, or if because Queen had a good game, which I think we all agree upon, like when he was in there, he actually played much better this game. If he'll be given more responsibility again, and and then of course after the Bengals game, there's a bye, which will be even more opportunity for them to kind of change schemes or adjust things. And I think that's definitely a thing to keep an eye on, but it looks like it's trending in the right direction. Uh, like a lot of things on the defense. I think the next thing we got to talk about is Elliot coming back this game from injury. The guy had a career game, first interception of his career, which was hard to believe. And uh, he also had a sack, which was a beautiful sack. It was my favorite play of the whole game when, because they had the, um, 
wide receivers and uh, all the you know receiving options tight to the offensive line, it actually allowed the defense to create this uh, this semblance of like a zero blitz, right? Like everyone was there able to to blitz, and the offensive line had no idea who actually was coming after the ball. It was only a four person rush, but one of them was completely unblocked. That guy was Elliot. He was in the backfield by the time uh, Herbert finished his drop, and he. It was over. That was a huge play on third down, and I thought a big, uh, big mistake. It was early on in the game, and they never did that again. They never did a bunched up formation near the line because <laughs> they realized, like, oh wait, that's something the Ravens are really good at. And I kudos to the coaching staff for calling a great play there uh, to really like create confusion to the uh, offense while also like not actually giving up much from a coverage perspective like you're only rushing four guys but they didn't know which one it was there was eight guys on the line <laughs> yeah and, and credit to the the Ravens coaching staff for you know deep film dive into that um I mean I mean I shouldn't say deep but I mean they definitely did their homework there I was after we did our, our preview on the Chargers I was watching a, a breakdown of what the Chargers were able to do against the Cleveland's defense and that that was a, the play uh, formation that they had a lot of success with, and some of their big uh, splash plays that they made in that game with Mike Williams were out of that formation. They were just able to exploit Cleveland's defense um, time after time again just last week. So obviously the Ravens saw that, and they were just like, "Well, we need to have a plan for this." And and like you said, that was a, a perfect call there, and it really showed the Chargers that that wasn't going to work in this game. And then they really didn't have anything to counter with or anything they tried, really. I mean, this uh, defensive performance by the Ravens, when you consider who they went against and also just what their current personnel is as far as injuries go and and guys, you know, maybe not playing together as many snaps as you would want at this point in the season, just one, one of the, the best defensive performances in the past past decade i think i i don't even think i'm i'm being too hyperbolic saying that yeah it was definitely good i said this to alec during the game because we were watching it together um going back to elliot for a second um this game to me i think proved how much of a key piece elliot is for the secondary i don't think it's any surprise with him coming back uh, we saw a huge improvement i mean i think just yeah from the positional versatility of, of elliot and clark both those guys like they can blitz they can cover they're very well rounded in their in their different play, and you know adding Elliot back allowed a guy like Brandon Stevens as well, who I think he's been pretty solid in coverage. Generally speaking, he's also a pretty good tackler as well. It could allow him to kind of play a little bit deeper back, and then they can decide, okay, is Clark coming or is Elliot coming, and kind of be very creative with that. I think it's just amazing of just you know Elliot being that fourth year player. We thought those first two years, man, he was just he kept getting injured in that preseason. Just kept getting hurt, and then year three, he was he was great. Year four, I mean, I think he's even better this year. Definitely, definitely a key player. Yeah, man, the Joker's the real deal. I saw on Twitter someone saying that we should name uh, Chuck Clark Iron Man. I was like, hey, that's a you know different uh, cinematic universe this year, <laughs> Marvel versus DC. <laughs> but hey, I respect it. I think a player also worth bringing up because of Elliot's return was Stevens. Stevens only played twenty three percent of the snaps. Uh, which was 13 snaps overall, but he was able to go back into that Swiss Army Knife role that they were using him in before, and he actually played really well. He had a lot of uh, splash plays this game, and even um, Lacey DaCosta was saying, like, this kid's, like, good. <laughs> you know, like, it's always cool when you get props from the the DaCosta family. 
Yeah, I mean, and it it's just so great to see when when guys can play the actual positions that that the coaching staff wants. Again, we're talking about how Queen had a great game uh, on Sunday, basically because he was able to to step into a, a role that's better suited for his where his skill set is right now and that's the same with Stevens and like we're saying Elliot coming back allowed you know Stevens to get back into a position that the Ravens coaching staff are a lot more comfortable with him is a lot more in line with what he can bring to the team right now and in turn I think that also helped Averett Anthony Averett had an excellent bounce back game obviously he was picked on a ton by the Colts and you had people in the national media saying you know the Ravens' secondary has been figured out. Like their teams are just going to attack this guy nonstop because they already know that you know you don't want to throw Clark or Humphrey's way. And sure, Averett gave up a couple catches, but nothing big. I mean, you know, that was a huge uh, bounce back performance by Averett, and that was another big reason why the Ravens were able to shut down this Chargers offense. I think another thing too, less about what the Ravens were doing, or more about the Chargers, why they were doing it. I have no idea why were they throwing toward Marlon Humphrey this game at all <laughs> on higher leverage downs, no less. <laughs> well, because they weren't expecting that Anthony Averett would uh, would be decent in coverage. So when they saw that, they were just like, "We give up." <laughs> <laughs> I guess, man. I was just yeah, way too many balls thrown Humphrey's way, and it just. It's kind of like what we talked about with Justin Tucker, right? Sometimes he has to have a bad game just so you, to prove to you that he's still good. And like, he'll make the clutch kicks. Same thing with Humphrey, man. It's just like, sometimes he's quiet for a little bit, and you're like, oh, I don't know how good he is. And then you throw it his way, and you're like, ah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man, I think uh, Humphrey had a great game in this in this game. He also came in looking fly as hell as the Cowboy. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, that guy's just a full-on character. I have to listen to his uh, quote-unquote podcast. I call it quote-unquote because last I checked, it's not actually in any podcast apps. You have to like watch it on YouTube. That's not a podcast, boy. It's a YouTube show. <laughs> Nevertheless. Oh, man. Uh, is, is it going to go on for as long as his, uh, his movie review chain on Twitter went? <laughs> I don't know, but Stanley's in it, so like, you know... <laughs> should have him on the pod and ask him guys yeah (laughs) we should yeah i mean hey uh this is a introduction here to money marlowe if you would like to come on through and uh come on to the pod you can you're more than welcome (laughs) we we will we will record at any hour for you (laughs) to come on the pod oh man but yeah no he had a great game and i think it's interesting to me that I never lost hope on Averett, right? Like Averett obviously had a bad game last week, but we've seen bad games out of every single player on this Ravens team that's been along, around long enough. And he played so darn well for all these weeks, I wasn't willing to give up on him. And I'm glad that he had a bounce back game, not just for the Ravens, but for himself. Uh, you know, he was going against tough coverage. Obviously, Mike Williams got hurt in this game, and he never was 100%. Um, which is kind of unfortunate, honestly, for the Ravens. I kind of wanted them to be a full power so you don't have these people being like, oh, well, you know, they got the easiest version of the Chargers, which is always frustrating when you think about our injury plague this year. But nevertheless, like, you know, I just am glad that he had that that good game. Tavon Young, another uh, great performance from him. He is 100% back. And you just look at the defense in general. You've got consistency out of Bowser. You're not really saying his name much uh, again this week, but he's just playing a lot of snaps and, and and having consistent coverage. It doesn't seem like anyone's targeting him per se. <laughs> you know, like he's not a liability. And then of course, like you see Oa go into the backfield um, and completely disrupt the play, and then have a I forget who cleaned it up. Probably Campbell because Campbell's always all over the place too. He's playing incredible. And just 
every every person on the defense this game i don't think anyone had a bad game that's what i'm kind of getting at is like it was a full effort from everybody everyone played really well and it's really promising going forward like this is this is like the upper bound of if everyone's on their a game of how they'll be because this is one of the best offenses period and it's not uh i don't think they actually did anything to help us so to speak i think they were just overwhelmed by the fact that we came out uh doing more man looks that they weren't expecting and they just were completely thrown off their game plan yeah agree 100 percent. and it just the pass rush that we saw in this game um they got the numbers here from from pro football focus herbert was uh pressured for 33 of his um 42 dropbacks on the game Ooh. which is just i don't think we saw that coming from this what we've seen from this team so far this year did the Ravens get many sacks yesterday? No, they only got two. Uh, one from Elliott, like we already said, and, and Justin Houston got in there as well. But again, it it was what did that pass rush do to disrupt the Chargers' offense? And you know, Herbert was not completing passes easily at all. Like we're saying, um, a QBR of eighteen point five yesterday. That's not what we were expecting from Herbert. And, you know, sure, Mike Williams was hurt, but Keenan Allen is still one of the, the best wide receivers in the game. And you still got two tight ends there, Cook and uh, Parham, as well as Eckler, plenty of players to still give the Ravens uh, secondary and linebackers some fits um, if Williams isn't 100% healthy. So, I mean, I look at this, and and I agree. Like, you know, I'm sure there's going to be analysts I haven't checked it who are going to say, oh, well, Mike Williams was hurt, so that's why the Ravens won. This team has so many weapons besides that guy, and the defense was just dominant. I think I saw one stat, uh, maybe in a tweet uh, earlier today, of something like uh, Ravens have a league most 16 players on IR. They're 5-1. and one. The second team is the Lions, I believe, with 14 players on IR, and they're 0-5. The Ravens should not be doing that. But that's just a testament to how deep this roster is right now. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And again, credit to the coaching staff and the players for stepping up. I mean, there will be fans who the counter-argument will say, like, oh, well, you know, you had last-second wins against Kansas City and Detroit where, quote-unquote, some luck was needed. But I... Eventually, like, I, I get that there's some plays in football that are, you know, hard to complete, and you're not going to see them that often. Um, I'm pretty sure on 538, I saw that the Ravens' expected win percentage right now is is actually 3-3, three and three, which makes sense, again, because of the, of the improbable things that happened against Kansas City and Detroit. But good teams put themselves in situations to capitalize when luck goes their way. Luck is a part of sports. <laughs> I always hate that argument when teams when people try and, and discredit teams' records by saying, oh, well, you had some lucky wins there. Good teams put themselves in position to capitalize when a, a lucky play bounces their way. And that's exactly what this team has done. I think that's, you know, when you look at the team's year after year who are among the final contenders for the Super Bowl that's what they've had some of those things happen in the season and it's just a matter of, of capitalizing on those on those um, those lucky bounces that's what they're doing right now and hopefully they continue to do that I think that's really well said Peter I, I mean just love the fact that you said that because I also get frustrated I always reiterate when I'm talking about teams going to the playoffs will need a, a confluence of uh you know, good play, luck, and destiny. Like, it's not 
the be- the best team does not win almost any year. Uh, you can look look back and be like, this is the best team in the league, and then you see them like have one dud game in the playoffs. That's it. They go home, and then of course you'll see that that ne- that team beat them that week. Go to the next week and look like dog. <laughs> like you know, they're just like it. Just is what it is. There's so much variance in this game, and all you're looking for is like keep yourself in position to win games, have luck go your way, and hope for the best. And this Ravens team is doing exactly that. And I just think. If Har- I mean, I feel like it's early to be talking about coach of the year, but Harbaugh should definitely be in consideration. All these coaches on our team are just doing a great job, and uh, I'm really glad that Wink wasn't taken away from us. And just like seeing the way he's been adapting with his defense and the personnel he has is just masterful. And um, you know, honestly, I think he's probably best as a uh, as a coordinator. I'm, I'm not trying to limit his career here, but I think he's just so good. <laughs> at what he does that like part of me is like why would you be a coach coach is like organizational like head coach is like all inspiration and organizational but he's such a good defensive mind like i just wanted to like keep doing that and hopefully for the ravens all right let's transition over to the offense so i think the the first thing that kind of i'd like to talk about is um offensive line so I, I don't know about you guys but one of the matchups that i was looking at pretty closely during this game was uh seeing how the ravens contain joey bosa he's probably one of the biggest weapons on the chargers defense especially on the defensive line. I mean, he can be a guy who can absolutely wreck games. You know, on the stat sheet, he had five tackles. He did have a sack. It was right before halftime, two tackles for for loss. So it, it wasn't a bad game from him. But I don't know about you guys. Some of the one-on-one matchups I saw with him on with McCarry and Villanueva, he looked pretty much neutralized the whole game. You know, especially in the first half, I just noticed like he would have either McCarry would win his rep He'd sometimes have Ricard with him as well, kind of both of them blocking him out of the play. Uh, sometimes he'd switch sides and, and go against Villanueva. He didn't seem to have too much trouble with him. I got to give it, man, just to all those guys just playing very well, I believe, and just neutralizing him because he could have been a guy who he's got the speed, he's got the strength to be able to contain Jackson, and he really didn't have that much success yesterday. Yeah, the story of this game is the defense, and rightfully so, but I think the offensive line had their best showing of the season so far and and part of it is like like you were you're saying just how the Ravens had a great game plan for neutralizing one of the the best defensive forces in the league in Joey Bosa and pretty much make him a non-factor in that game and even the sack that they gave up I don't really personally I don't really think that's all that big a deal I mean the Chargers were able to get to Lamar a little bit on that last drive before halftime but it, it seemed to me just that a team like the Chargers wanted it a little more to to basically hold on to make sure that the Ravens didn't score any more points, and because the Ravens had scored right before halftime, even a field goal, that was going to be really a, a really disgruntled locker room. I think I, I think that's mentally a lot harder for the team to pull through. But there were plenty of instances yesterday where where Lamar just had a, a clean pocket and just plenty of time to throw. Going back to pro football focus, the offensive line only gave up two sacks and six pressures yesterday. The sacks were credited to Bozeman and Villanueva. Bozeman was the only player to give uh, up more than one pressure to the quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, there were obviously, like I said, at during that drive, they broke down a bit. But other than that, I mean, you can't really ask much more of this unit for the pass protection they were able to give uh, Lamar yesterday. Before I go on with my point, you said that they credited Villanueva with this? Yeah, there was two um, 
42, 44. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, it was oh. right before halftime. Yeah. yeah. Well, the it, it was it was an easy pass rush too. He's just like kind of put a move on right. Villanueva and went that's a, that's also just what pro pro football focus is saying. Um, yeah, they could have like, gotten it wrong. The because the reason I was curious is because everyone talks about the Bose, uh the Bosa sack. Like Bosa got a sack. That was not the one on Bozeman. Bozeman was that interior. That guy. is a little weird. Yeah, I think yeah, that was on McCarry. It wasn't on McCarry. That's what I'm getting at. McCarry oh, had a okay, great okay, game. Okay. Yeah, okay. McCarry had a great game. <laughs> what actually happened was that. Uh, I believe it was Latavius Murray was trying to get a block on a free a free rusher. He was on and McCarry was doing the Bosa thing just fine. He got completely got blown up. So Lamar had to like he couldn't stay in his pocket, so he had to go out to the right and then like all that uh Bosa had to, like, he basically ran into Bosa, right? He was like Bosa was yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got you. It, like I feel like the rep was actually really solid by McCarry and I mean just mm-hmm. incredible right like Bose is a really good player in, in fact you know we we're watching um, I don't know if you guys were watching but I was watching uh, the Steelers game and uh, you saw how Watt was completely dominating his reps and like getting sack after sack and like huge uh, swing plays like he was like flexing like crazy on the field and I know we're worried as a team that has to play them twice that he could do that to us but I think Bose is an equal threat and McCarry handled him just fine and I, that gave me a lot of uh, warm fuzzies going into those those matchups because I don't think the Steelers are that good of a team. But if you have a situation that like just completely gets blown up, similar to the Raiders game where we saw Crosby just have success and success and success, that can screw up any game plan. Because it, the beautiful thing about football and why it's my favorite sport is because it's such a team sport. If a certain part of it's completely failing, it can blow up everything no matter how well everyone else is playing. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's a great point. Um, and yeah, just going back to the offensive line as a whole, it wasn't just the the pass protection. The, the run blocking was pretty exceptional as well. Pat Ricard in this game looked very Boyle-esque in my opinion. I I don't know how much I've really paid attention to Pat to Pat Ricard's blocking as a you know while I'm actually watching the game uh, in in games past. Of course, as you know, it's it's easier to pick up on the blocking when you're you're rewatching film. But while watching that second half in real time. And, and watching the first half uh, on Game Pass before this show, I just kept remarking myself, just like, there's a card again. He's, he's got his man sealed off. There's downfield with the block right there. I just like every big run the Ravens had, Ricard was there with a key block. He even had a key block on, on Duvernay's big uh, return on special teams to start the second half. I, I know I was going to talk about the offensive line here, but, I just, but just Ricard was just such a monster in the run block. I, I had to go off on a tangent on that before discussing just as a unit. I mean, I mean, they look pretty good. I wonder if the, uh, the, well now the now failed Ben Mason, uh, draft pick had anything to do with, uh, Ricard's, uh, you know, elevated level of play here. I mean, Ricard has always (laughs) been a great player for us and everything, but I mean, yeah, I definitely agree, Peter. It's like this year, he because of all of the uh, running back issues that we've had and all the injuries there, I feel like Ricard has really just been this sort of you know extra lineman and uh, blocking piece and not really that much of a receiving threat, honestly. So, you know, I I wonder, uh, you know, gosh, like if we would have kept Mason over Ricard, like oh my god, we would have lost a, a huge uh, a huge piece for us on the offense that would have been really difficult to replace. Yeah, Patrick Ricard has three catches for 19 yards on the year right now and one rush attempt for two yards. But yeah, like we're saying, that that's not why he's on the team. He's Yushek when he was here, like 
he also was was viewed as kind of a hybrid fullback because he wasn't your prototypical guy, but he was much more of a receiving threat, right? Mm-hmm. Was okay as a blocker, but but that's really what Ricard's known for. I mean, you got this this big body going down there and just barreling down on linebackers and safeties, and it's just it's just unfair to them that he's got this speed and can get that power there and just get a good good angle. It's a really underrated part of the rave what the Ravens do on offense to 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 people who don't follow this team day in and day out yeah I think another thing that the Ravens did really well and, and credit goes to uh, Greg Roman I think for adding some of this stuff in the playbook but um, a lot of the runs I felt were just they were really mixed in so you had some inside runs you had Lamar with the ball you had a few fakes you had those uh, jet sweeps with Duvernay as well and Love I think those. a lot of that yeah, I think the Chargers were just not prepared for that. I don't know if it was, you know, they didn't expect that in the scheme of, you know, they're still tired, it's 10 a.m. in their internal clock, uh, they're not <laughs> awake yet kind of thing. But, I mean, in the first half in particular, I mean, that was where I was really watching a lot of Bosa. And, uh, my God, like, they, you know, a lot of the movement, they just confused the guys and weren't able to make a play. I recall, I think one of them, it wasn't even a jet sweep, I think it was a fake one where they had pulled Duvernay across. Lamar sort of looks his way as if he's going to pass the ball, but then hands it off to Murray, and then Murray runs it in for about 15 yards for the touchdown. It was a play like that. It was like it was complete misdirection on the Chargers. They did not expect that whatsoever, and by the time they did, it was too late. Yeah, the run game was was phenomenal yesterday. The only question I have with it going for, or from yesterday, though, was how much of it was did the Ravens find something here that they can use to to elevate this rush game going forward or is it just hey this worked against a poor rushing team rushing defense but you go up against a, a stouter team stouter personnel and those same concepts aren't going to have anywhere near that success well i do think the Chargers helped us out by um not being great against defense of the run I do think actually what happened in this game was successful blocks uh, at every single phase. Um, some analysts have said that we were always one block away on these runs. Like if one more block was made properly, the blo- uh, you know everything would have been a perfect uh, symphony and we would have gotten the yards that we were expecting to play would have worked as designed. And unfortunately, it just kept happening where one guy would miss a block or get beat and that same guy was the one who was able to make the play and stifle the run game. So, you know, maybe that was like lesser opponents that they were able to execute right. Uh, maybe that's just another week of practice. It's probably somewhere in between. And the good news is that as this group continues to gel and, and get experience together, we've always seen um, all the Ravens offensive lines get better over time. And critically, what we didn't mention when we were talking about the defense, the defense has put up lots of stinkers before. Go back to 2019 in the beginning of the year, they were playing kind of crummy and then they got much better down the line as they got better as a unit. And I think we're starting to see that maybe with the defense here, you know, only have one data point. We're excited to see next week, but like, you know, there's, there's reason to think that this team will grow throughout the season. They will not be the same team. They were week one. They won't be the same team. They were week 10 as they will be in week 18. Like they're going to keep changing and we'll be along here for the ride. But currently things are going in the right direction. That's really all you can ask for as we keep compiling wins and, you know, number one division, which feels great. Like this is exactly what you want out of this Ravens team. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think for me, the, um, I think a couple things, as to like why you know the Ravens had such such success, um, you know one I do think it kind of goes back to a lot of the misdirection and and I I will say that, you know 
that might not work for a lot of other teams. I think for the Chargers, it was a great game plan. It definitely worked to perfection. The Ravens executed. The Chargers just didn't know what was going on. So that was definitely a big part of it. I will say, you know, to the running backs credit, um, this was one of the best games that we've seen from the stable of running backs who were not here week one or not here in the preseason, rather. Uh, Devonta Freeman, I thought in particular, had a really strong game. Uh, Murray as well. I mean, you know, Murray for the last couple of weeks, you've kind of seen him like, you know, maybe pick up two or three yards and kind of get stuffed at the line kind of thing. Um, but I mean, he had a couple of big runs this game as well. Looked at running strong. I really like his ability also that every time he has a run, he always kind of falls backwards with the ball, like by his head. And so he always like kind of outstretches it. I like that ability. It's like, it's, it's not, sometimes it's not a lot, but it shows that like, at least he knows that like trying to keep his body right to be able to pick up the extra yards. That's kind of nice. Tavonta Freeman, going back to him for a second, I thought one of the things that made him really uh, strong and stand out today was that not only he had the speed to be able to break some things outside, but he was uh, able to run through a couple of guys as well, uh, kind of run through the the, the traffic basically and and break out some big gains. So I'm really excited to see where he's going to add here because we've already talked about him in the last couple of weeks. He's been a good pass catching element. So if he can start to put this together and kind of build on that too with the O-line, I think he could be a, definitely a good piece for us. It's incredible. We've gone this far in the episode. I don't even think we've uh, mentioned Lamar Jackson's name once yet, have we? <laughs> Lamar, oh, Hollywood, <laughs> Andrews, <laughs> or the notorious I mean, Bateman. Haven't talked about him yet either. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible we're getting to the point with this passing attack where, you know, a pretty good day which is, I think, what they had, is just, you know, pedestrian in, <laughs> in, this, uh, in this season. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 19-27, 167 yards, one touchdown, two picks. You look at that stat line, and you're just like, oh, well, that doesn't look that great. But honestly, he played way better than those raw numbers look. We'll get to Bateman. Uh, that second interception, I don't think, was his fault. I think a lot of people would agree with that. But... Yeah, I mean, the passing game, they did not put up the huge numbers they did over the previous two weeks, but I think you could say it was just as effective because pretty much whenever the Ravens needed something from the passing attack, and it wasn't often, they were able to get it. It's just the little things, man, of of like, you know, that pass that was really low from Lamar that Hollywood was able to scoop up inches off the turf and be able to pick that up. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to convert that third down, but just the the hustle to be able to pull that off, the concentration, be able to do that, and then cut up field and and get, I think he got 12 out of the 15 yards. I mean, that was just a great play from him. Um, You know, it's just the little things like that of of just, you know, making the catches when you have to and trying to make something happen when you need it. Just very, very efficient football, I thought was huge. Andrews as well, I, I thought was just always beating the zone being open, making the uh, making the catch. I thought a great day overall from from everybody. It was a, totally a team effort. Yeah, it was a just what it needed. Offensive passing game day. And I think interestingly enough, I heard I forget who said it and I apologize, but I thought it was actually a really interesting point that because the Ravens were having success running the ball, I mean, it's it's like over. If the Ravens are able to have success running the ball, it so much sets up the passing game that they're going to eat you alive there. And once they're ahead and they have the running game working, then they can run out the clock and just, it's a dub, right? They've won. They can completely control the game flow. 
So it actually kind of makes sense why a lot of teams are still talking about stopping the Ravens running game because it might give them the best chance out of two really crappy options to beat this offense, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, so I think that's really an interesting point. I wanted to bring that up. But uh, as far as the pass receivers go, everyone did their job. I want to do, I do want to break into the, uh, the Bateman film and experience, so to speak. So Bateman, um, I think had a very good first game, uh, not without problems as we'll discuss, but a very good first game, uh, known chain mover, four catches for 29 yards. Each one was a first down catch or first down generating catch, not necessarily on the first down. And he was also seen blocking on run plays, which is awesome. And he played 45 snaps, which was the second most of any wide receiver on the team. Uh, 65% of all snaps. And apparently in the post-game conference, they talked about that wasn't the plan for him, but he was playing at a good level and they just kept playing him. So I thought that was really interesting to see. And uh, one last piece was that the people who uh, lost Allen snaps, unfortunately, it was one of our guys, Prochet. He lost a lot of snaps. He only had five snaps. Boykin had four snaps and Wallace had two snaps. So it basically was like, okay, in this situation, Duvernay didn't really get too much of a cut down in his snaps, but Prochet lost all of his snaps to uh, Bateman in this uh, arrangement. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how that goes um, going forward. I, and I, you know, it isn't surprising that Duvernay was the guy who uh, still had pretty much his role when Bateman came up, given the fact that he's the one who's the most seasoned of those guys, I guess you could say, given the playing time he had last year. But I do wonder if the Ravens are going to do this more situationally and not just have uh, Duvernay be the guy um, of those uh, of the the bottom half of the receivers on the depth chart, for lack of a better term. And it could be more matchup dependent because we obviously have seen uh, Prochet, what he can do. He's made some big plays already this year, uh, and there's definitely some talent there. But, man, like we said last week, this is a great problem for the Ravens to have, just having to figure out how do you get the ball to all these wide receivers. I mean, we've never had that problem, and it's great to have. Yeah, we definitely still like to see a few snaps from Prochet. I mean, heck, man, if Lamar's a little bit more accurate on that one pass before the half, I mean, Prochet is going to be able to pull that uh, pass down. I think it was a little bit behind him. He kind of had to spin around to be able to try and uh, make an attempt on the ball. But if he was able to get that, the Ravens are at least in field goal range, um, debatably even scoring a touchdown there. So, yeah, I mean, would love to still see him get involved. I mean, even if it's only like 10, 15% of snaps a game, uh, that would be great, I think, for him. Yeah, he's a solid player, man. I mean, the Ravens didn't have that many snaps, all things considered. Uh, they only had 69 snaps, and they just, like, they, they dominated the game. A lot of these snaps, they didn't have to do things, right? Like, once they were up by two touchdowns, it felt really good. The defense was playing well. They got the ball back, you know, and it just, like, they never felt like they had to really push the envelope and be super-duper aggressive. The running game was working, so they just leaned on that, and it just was a just a very, very good game plan. I mean, the Ravens were just killing clock. Uh, it was drives. like a game from 2019, man. Oh just, yeah, total 2019 you, you, vibes. You pick, you pick any, you pick any game from 2019 where they were up by <laughs> three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and they, they got the hat trick. All three of the active running backs got a touchdown, which was hilarious. And um, you know, they all looked, they all looked decent. You know, Freeman had his be- the best game of his Ravens career for sure, and. Uh, we'll look to see what happens with Murray and if he's going to be able to play next week. If not, 
I guess our, our boy Tyson will get another opportunity to uh, shake off the gremlins and, and maybe command another uh, call up or you know, another activation, so to speak. So we'll keep an eye on the running back by committee. But overall, I mean, just like this was exactly the offense you kind of want to see. And uh, if Bateman could clean up that hand placement, great video by uh, Matt Waldman. Highly recommend the follow if you don't follow him already to learn about not just the Ravens, but every team in the NFL gets a great treatment from him. Uh, you can see that he, you know, he, Bateman wasn't attacking to catch that ball. He was like trying to just corral it and go underneath of it. And when that happens, uh, if you mess up, you end up pushing the ball upwards, which gives it more time for the interception. That's exactly what we saw, right? Because uh, the guy, the defender made an incredible play on the ball to catch that and get the interception. In fact, I didn't even realize he intercepted it. <laughs> you know, like watching live, it wasn't until they, they pointed it out. Um, so it's, it, it was a really incredible play aided by uh, the technique that Bateman had there. So I'm sure he'll he'll know and he'll clean that up. But man, it was cool to see the way he was running out of them stems, man. It, like spin move to extend to get that first down was just beautiful. Like you could see why he was a number one pick. I think it's fair to say he had one of the better uh, rookie wide receiver debuts for the Ravens in Ravens history. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> not as good not as Tory. Not, not as good as Tory Smith. He had a pretty good intro, but well, that wasn't until week three, though. This was the first time Bateman saw the field. Oh, I guess that's true. No, oh. Hollywood Brown, though. I guess 2019. Yeah, the Miami. Okay, game. That yeah, been that the first is game. true. That's that would have been a little that's bit true. better. Yeah. But that's true. I did say one of. I didn't say the best. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I, got you, right. I got you. I guess. I, got you. I guess Marquise definitely had the the. Uh, <laughs> the best has best rookie debut for a wide receiver in Ravens history by far to date. <laughs> hey, this is a good conversation to be having though. The fact that we thought Bateman was good enough to be in the conversation just shows that it was just a very solid debut. Nothing, nothing too splashy, no touchdowns yet, but like just he did the things that you expected out of him, what we saw in the college film. And uh, hopefully he'll just keep, you know, finding a role in this offense. The fact that he's blocking well is a great indication that he'll be in there for a lot of snaps. Yeah. He's going to be a good weapon for sure. I think at this point we probably want to talk about our MVPs. Excellent. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first um, because we didn't talk about it yet. Devin Duvernay uh, because we didn't talk about special teams. Holy crap, man! He was playing out of his mind yesterday. Yeah, and like we talked about earlier too, he was also a good weapon to kind of aid in the misdirection that they were applying on the run plays. I believe he had a couple of carries as well um, on those jet sweeps. But, I mean, man, the, the one play in particular that I thought was huge was uh, the Chargers were punting back, and Duvernay kind of had to back up, spin around, and be able to catch the ball inside the 10, I believe. He was able to make a couple guys miss and brought it all the way back out to the 25, which, I mean, was huge. Like, if the Ravens don't get that, they're, you know, at worst, like, pinned inside the 5. And um, he was able to flip that field position and get us out to, you know, at least have a touchback out of that. Uh, but, I mean, that wasn't his only play. I mean, a couple other of, uh, kick returns and punt returns where he got a lot of yards. Um, I didn't know before that, going into it, that Devin DuVernay was already the, the league uh, leader in uh, kick returns as well. So, man, I think he was playing amazing. So I, I can't wait to I can't wait to see him break one, though, because that would be great. Yeah, it was great when he did that against Kansas City last year. Definitely has more of those in him, I think. Uh, my MVP, I don't think, is going to be too much of a surprise because I already – gave this guy some pretty big superlatives early in the podcast. Pat Ricard just was a monster blocking. He was a huge reason that the run game did as well as it did yesterday. We're talking about Duvernay. Like I said earlier, he had a key block on that kickoff return to begin the second half. 
great game from Pat Ricard yesterday. Very cool picks. I love the fact that you point out there Duvernay, Chris, because yes, his special teams, as we kind of talked about at the very beginning, but we didn't say who did it, uh, really helped give the Ravens great field position. And also, I love the... Uh, the execution of those uh, motion plays where he got the handoff once and one time he didn't and that set up the run, uh, you know, because everyone flowed to him. So, you know, it's just great execution as a weapon. And I think, honestly, like, it's kind of cool to see that development. There's a lot of the things we thought we might see last year and they're coming this year. And uh, it's just good to see his growth. I'm going to go with the easy one, guys. You gave me the easiest guy. I appreciate it. Deshaun Elliott, welcome back to the starting roster. Welcome back from your injury great game i think it was your career game with the int and the sack and just making a difference all over the field huge game allowed other players to play in positions they're more comfortable with at this point in their career with stevens just dominating on the plays he was active and i thought he was a huge uh, asset for this ravens team all right well i guess that's about it we're gonna wrap it up here Uh, thanks everyone for listening to our chargers recap we're going to be recording our uh, Cincinnati preview. We've got uh, two of our guests, including uh, our, our good buddy Justin, who's joined us on the last couple of uh, Cincinnati preview episodes. So he's going to be back. We'll see you guys over there in the next episode. Uh, as always, if, uh, if you ever want to reach out to us, uh, we're uh, on Twitter at Ravens underscore recap. You can tweet us out there and, and see all the interesting polls and uh, uh, tweets that everybody's going to share throughout the week with all the latest uh, Ravens news. You can always email us as well at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'll see you in the next episode.